Ladies and gentlemen, we're here to talk about the new Mean Girls. Nick, get in, loser. We're going podcasting. This opening is uh, not fetch, Gerald. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. 2023 is in the rear view. We did our best movies of the year last week with our boy Justin Winters. Big dub. That's yeah. So I can actually use the tagline again this week that we review the latest and sometimes greatest movies every week. Gerald here with you. And on the other side is the most popular girl in school. Nick, how are you? I'm just uh, putting a little note in my burn book here. <laughs> Gerald Morris, uh, facial hair mm. like a dead rodent. Okay, got it. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe you. Man. I thought you liked my beard. I should have dyed it pink for this episode. <laughs> What's up, oh, baby? Man, how are you? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm eager. I'm I'm ready to to get colorful and sing and dance and have a great time here 2024 he's 2024 is this our year gerald this is our year baby this is this is the one did you see the meme that went viral on january 1st where it was just been you know that thing of ben affleck where he looks irritated he's like holding the cigarette and staring up you know what meme i'm talking about oh that's me like just before i hit like the enter studio button when i join the recording every week oh of course yeah well anyway on january 1st it's a picture of ben affleck doing that and it just says well i already fucked up <laughs> i guess 2025 is going to be my year <laughs> it's on day one come on now um all right so obviously we're if you haven't guessed by the artwork or the drops that we've been inserting here we are reviewing the new mean girls adaptation it is a movie based on a musical and the musical was based on a movie so i want to talk a little bit about that too i did a little research before the episode nick i think that's a very interesting kind of niche there uh there's a couple movies that kind of surprised me following that category and now mean girls is another one but before we get there nick we start every episode out with what we call one big question buddy you could ask yourself a question i have a lot of questions number one how dare you one big question nick i had you go over there to the i think you grabbed one out of the facebook group and we're gonna do our best to answer it so what do you got over there from the fans buddy so joey DiCarlo, mm. pod before life himself uh mm-hmm. so wizard podcast Wants to know, Gerald, what costume would you turn sexy to wear to a Halloween party? I I felt like that was the most important, most pressing question of 2024 is what is G's sexy Halloween costume? I can't believe Joey's trying to get me canceled in January. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a little further into the year here, Joey? Now, now, wait a minute. Uh, Now, I guess Joey didn't elaborate, but I'll just ask you. So now, is it I'm wearing the costume? Or I just want to see this as a sexy costume. It says, what costume would you turn sexy to wear to a Halloween party? So you're wearing this. Wow. Now you have to have one for this, too. So if you have one. I've got it. I'm good. I'm, I'm already right, you ready. Go first. You go first, then. You go first. I'm already ready. You actually you mentioned it before the recording. I'm going to go as, as Jason Kelsey at the Chiefs-Bills game, like, after... <laughs> Like shirt off, like drinking a bunch of beer in the in the in the press suite, just screaming his head off. Like that's too easy, though. 
I listen, I could 100% pull that look off. I just need to get a little bit more full in the beard yeah. here. I could walk around shirtless. Be great. Yeah, but that's such an easy costume, though. You just take your clothes off and grow a beard. I mean, you can do that tomorrow. Yeah. He didn't <laughs> say right. it had to be complicated. He just said it had to be sexy. Right, okay. I mean, come on. The right. tarp comes off, baby. Um, let me think. i tell you what I'll do. I'll do, uh, let's get a sexy Shrek. I'll be Shrek, but like a hot Shrek, you know what I mean? Where the girls are kind of like, ooh, I don't know. I kind of want to do this, but I probably shouldn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is that what Joey was going for or not? <laughs> I don't know. I told you he was trying to get me canceled. I apologize to every one of our listeners, viewers. Any Shrek fans listening. I'm so, so sorry. Any, anyone, who, <laughs> anyone who just pictured Gerald painted green. <laughs> With like a, on, like a painted on, like a painted on six pack and 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 everything. I don't know. Was, stuff gonna, a stuff a sock full of quarters down your drawers too. Yeah, I can make that happen. Let's do that. You know, I don't. Hey, the pitchforks would come out. I, t- I know that much. Um, that was a little uh, Shrek joke there. A little call Walk around calling everybody a donkey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joey, thank you so much for the question and for trying to get me in thank crazy you, trouble. But uh, we appreciate you listening and submitting the question this week. Yeah, and you got sexy Shrek out of it, Joey. Now, how do you feel? There you go. You got sexy Shrek and Nick showing up shirtless to the next Halloween party that he goes to. So, uh, right. well done. on Well done. That's right. Nick, uh, we're going to talk about Mean Girls tonight. Like I said, uh, the latest adaptation of the very popular teen comedy. And we'll, we'll have our discussion on the movie, buddy. Uh, we don't know what each other thought of the film. We always give our rating up top at the very beginning of the review. We have not discussed it with each other. And what we call the early score reveal. Damn it, this always happens. I think I'm going to score and then I never score. It's not fair. All right, here we go. Out of 10, Nick. You got your little fucking ready. whatever ready. you're... I got it. I got it. Right. I got it. All right, here we go. Three, Jeez. two, one. Ooh, ooh, oh, I, I got to get it. it on the actual camera. <laughs> I couldn't, hey. I couldn't find the camera. 7 out of 10 for me. A 7 out of 10 from Nick and a 6 out of 10 from me. Let's go, baby. Which puts us at a 6.5. Yeah. Pretty eye to eye there. Oh, it sucks we're doing 2024 and you're already doing math out the out the gate here. Come on. Right I away, need, buddy. I need you to regress here. The limit does not exist. All right. Look, uh, I was pulling this up before we started recording, Nick. There have been 17 feature films that are in a category films based on musicals based on films and this would yeah this would be the 17th of those i'm not going to list all of them but some notable ones this year actually the color purple which is a big oscar player is okay yeah yeah that makes sense uh reefer madness which i know you're close to (laughs) the movie musical is one uh and the producers is a big one as well. Obviously, Love the, the producers film so much. In 2005 with Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick. Those are just a few, but this is interesting. And it came up, you know, we picked Joey's question. It was kind of fun, but a lot of people kind of asked an iteration of the same question. And we'll kind of have our general discussion without any spoilers, even though this original movie is from 2007. And if you're listening to this episode, you probably know about Mean Girls, but we'll try to keep it somewhat spoiler free here in the beginning. But generally speaking, to kind of lead us into the discussion, what do you, th- I mean, obviously you gave it a good score, but how many times before, like, when is enough of redoing the same kind of story? Like, why did this work for you? Because a seven's a, p- a pretty good score. 
honestly the original script for the original mean girls which i'm so i'm not slavishly attached to the original mean girls i've seen it once like a year Mm -hmm. or so ago uh so i do not have the attachment to it that a lot of people do but i mean the script for the original mean girls is why it has endured i think honestly tina fey's original script and Mm -hmm. i think all of that is retained in the musical version of this story and we'll get into it as we as we get uh going forward on on different aspects of the film and whatnot because i think certain aspects of it probably work better than others but i mean at its core as long as you do mean girls well it's always going to get a good score does like does that make sense maybe that's a cop-out i don't right. know no but because be- it's a right because it's a good story at the foundation yeah it's a it's you, a good solid foundation right. i mean you get tina fey back in to write the script for this it modernizes it there's a lot of social media commentary in this now that obviously wouldn't have been in the original film uh, you know like, things like that I, I i really really think that it takes the story and it pushes the parts of it that need to be modernized into that kind of modern modern uh modern place if that make if that makes sense and sure. i mean musicals like movie musicals especially like it, it's really got to pop off the screen like i've really got to vibe in with the mood of the music and 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 really just kind of sit there and bop along i don't think every single number in this was necessarily a a straight up bop or anything like that Mm -hmm. but i think i i had enough fun with it i mean it's already it's already mean girls they didn't do i don't think a disservice to the original and then threw in a whole bunch of extra like musical numbers and all that stuff for fun for color yeah i liked all that stuff sure what about you I dug it too. I, I think what's interesting, and people have yourself included have heard me say this before, but I'm not a musicals guy. I don't typically gravitate towards them. I don't really seek them out. Uh, my wife is, comes from a musical theater's background, and she loves that stuff. And I'll often go to the theater with her, especially before we had kids. We used to go all the time. Yeah. And she used to work on different productions and stuff like that in costumes. So I do have a connection to it, and I do respect it like on a crazy level. But yeah. and when it comes to like an enjoyment, I've I've just always been the kind of guy that just much prefers like a narrative feature. Like narrative film is my thing. I don't really like when characters break out in the song as opposed to having it in a dialogue format. I don't know. I just it just is hard for me to be in the place that the writers expect the person to be in. You know what I mean? It just doesn't seem real life to me. So with that being said, when it comes to Mean Girls specifically why I am okay with this movie and why I liked it, although I do have several problems with it. But generally speaking, I would rewatch this. I mean, I, I thought it was a good movie that I would have no problem with rewatching or showing it to a friend of mine or, or, or whatever. I do have that attachment to the original. You know, that's one of my favorite teen comedies of all time. I mean, I put it up there with like, this is in the 2000s what Clueless was in the 90s to me. And I absolutely love it. But to your point, I think... That because it was true to that original story, it made it more enjoyable for me because it was almost like, which I guess it was in a sense, but they were just taking Mean Girls from 2007 and they were adding in these songs and these different choreographed production numbers. and But it was still the same story, like the same, it followed the same, like literally nothing was different aside from a couple minor things they took out and stuff like that. But generally speaking, it followed the same narrative. Yeah. So I think I think for that reason, I enjoyed it kind of because I knew 
what was ha- I, like I was able to be there because I had witnessed it from the narrative standpoint and because I was such a big fan of it. I obviously, I mean, this is a no brainer, but I'm going to obviously prefer the film with Lindsay Lohan. I mean, I think that's far and above a better watching experience for me personally. But I will say that if you love musicals or if you enjoy musicals, and I think it's fair to say you probably enjoy them more than I do. So I'm not too surprised I at your lo- scores. I love musicals. Right. Love right. musicals. I think if you do, this is going to work for you. And I don't see why it wouldn't. I think the reason it's not working for some people is because either they just don't like Mean Girls. Like they're just not a fan of the movie or they, you know, whatever. Or they are a fan of the movie and they don't think this is a good iteration of it. I'm kind of in the middle where it does have some problems and there's some weird kind of changes to the narrative, but overall I had fun with it. We're going to get into specifics here in a second. Renee Rapp carried this for me (laughs) as Regina George. I mean, absolutely. I was already a big fan of hers from the HBO series. The, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, the sex lives of college girls, I think it's called. It's an HBO original show that she's on and she's hilarious on that show. And I just started fanboying over her a couple of years ago when I saw her on that show. Uh, and I never saw the musical, but she was Regina George in the stage musical yep. too, which I think is cool that they used her in the, in the film production. Uh, let's go ahead and peel back the spoiler wall, guys. Going forward, anything that we talk about, the new Mean Girls movie will be spoilers. So if you've not seen this movie yet or heard any of the songs or anything like that, then come back after you have seen it. So, Nick, I just mentioned Renee Rapp. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about some of your favorite things about this new version of of Mean Girls. What were some of your favorite performances, songs, anything like that? I mean, I I I like I echo exactly what you said. I really loved uh, Renee Rapp as Regina George, and I mean, I really loved kind of everybody in this cast. Everybody in this cast, I felt really belted. You know, like really, like in terms of the actual singing and, and and things like that. Now, granted, I'm I'm the most tone deaf person ever, so I don't know what makes a good like musical singing performance like mm-hmm. um, super professional does. But I mean, to me, like I really loved all the singing. I really loved all the voices. There was obviously a lot of passion and everything like that in a lot of the performances. I really enjoyed. Gretchen had a song that was like. I can't remember or something like what's wrong with me or what. I don't remember all the names of the songs or anything like that. Now, unfortunately, the one she sang in the closet or whatever The one she sang in the closet. Yeah. 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 That was good. Like really, really liked that. Like there was a lot of different moments where I think, I think a good movie musical really, really uses the music to kind of enhance the narrative already. And to really kind of it's, it's character exposition moments. Like you're taking, you're, you're taking character moments and instead of like internalizing them in a performance, you're expressing them outwardly through song and dance and insane choreographies and all that kind of stuff. I really liked like, uh, like they did the, the, the song, the apex predator about Regina George. I really liked that mm-hmm. one. Uh, a lot of the musical numbers I really thought were, were, were really, really home runs. That said though, I don't think there was anything like, I mean, you think about like, like a truly great musical it's something that you can pop on and listen to long after you've seen the the musical, right? Right. It's right. something that you're like, you know, you're like, you want to listen to that soundtrack you again revisit and again it, and right. again. Like, I don't think there's necessarily anything here that I'm like dying to like, oh, I got to pop on the no. Mean Girls 2024 soundtrack and listen to that song again. That's funny that you say that because you're the musicals guy of, of the two of us. But there was a couple for me like Revenge Party. 
is a freaking all time. Revenge Party's good. Revenge Party's a banger. I love that. I love the one that um, uh, I guess it's Karen does that's uh, about the sexy costumes and curing sexy cancer. Yeah, the the, the sexy doctor curing sexy cancer. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, "I'm gonna wait a minute. I'm gonna cure sex cancer." And she's like, "That's not a thing." And she's like, "See, I did it." I love that one. That's super memorable. Great yeah, dance yeah, numbers yeah. with that. Now, I didn't see the stage show of this. Have you seen this, no, the musical? No, I never saw the stage show. Yeah, I haven't either. I wonder how that would play had we seen... Because I, I, I read a little bit about this, and this is one of the musicals, one of the Broadway shows that uh, basically died because of COVID. You know, it was running. It was super popular up until 2020. Yep. And I think it was in like May of 2020 or something like that that Broadway shut down. And all the production ceased and, you know, went on temporary hiatus. And a year and a half later or whatever it was that they kind of reopened Broadway, it was announced that Mean Girls was not going to come back. It was not going to be revived. Um, So you got to imagine it would probably still be running on Broadway had COVID not kind of interrupted everything for a couple of years. But I wonder how that would play for someone that was a fan of the actual stage show versus the movie. I can't speak on it because I never got to see it on stage. It actually traveled around here, a traveling production of it. And uh, my son Logan had a chance to go see it, and he decided not to go. Mm-hmm. And my uh, my sister-in-law, his aunt, was going to take him to see it. And he was like, ah, I don't want to go see it. But he saw this movie with me, and he really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. He thought it was a lot of fun. I will uh, say that he- like, I know that the stage show had... Because I was reading some some just trivia and stuff like that about it today, there were like fourteen songs cut from the movie. Oh wow! That were that's like th- th- that were in the stage show. Like that's a that's a, a huge swath of mm-hmm. of music that didn't make it into the film adaptation. And I mean, I'm not sure necessarily why they decided to cut down the musical so so much. I mean, this is not even a two hour long movie. I mean. If you're going to go, if you're going to, if you're going to swing for the fences with the musical of it all, why not just go for it all together? Like, why not throw a few? I mean, obviously you can't probably include everything, but I was surprised to learn that. I was surprised to learn exactly how much music from the stage show had been, uh, had been cut out of it. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I really, really did enjoy the music for the most part. Uh, I, I really, I mean, I just like you you talk about that like where it doesn't necessarily click for you when you see you know characters jumping up and singing and expressing outwardly like for, I, I i love it so much like i absolutely mm. do like there's like there's something so powerful and i mean i know you feel this way about music like mm. music is such a powerful emotional expressive thing and you know like in in a movie musical or in a musical like in general you're not just listening to the music you're also like following along on this character's journey or you're following along with this narrative and then you're using that music to invest in that even more emotionally and that's one of the reasons why i love musicals uh i love musicals as much as i do i i will really here's i guess the ultimate question though g and maybe this is early in the show to ask it maybe we wanted to wait more till more toward the end of this to ask it but does this does this musical version necessarily enhance upon the original mean girls you know like i'm not gonna ask in a sense of did we need this Mm -hmm. because obviously like you know there was definitely an audience for it i I guess the stage show was really really like good like people raved about it 
mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, it's like if you turn it back into a movie, then the comparisons immediately have to come to the OG. And then the question immediately is, does it measure up? Right. I think as an avid fan of the original, I mean, I already kind of mentioned this. I don't think it holds a candle if you're putting the two of them next to each other. But with that being said, I'm glad this exists. Broadway canceled it. What are the odds that, you know, whoever you want to name is going to be able to see it on the stage? Pretty small. You know, if it's traveling around off Broadway and you happen to catch it, great. But it's not like millions of people are going to be able to see it on the stage show. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that it exists for that reason because this is available to literally anyone now. Anyone that likes Mean Girls and likes musicals will now have access to see this version of it uh, possibly, you know, being like some of the songs like you and I already mentioned. I wholeheartedly hope that anyone listening to this gives uh, the Renee rap Regina George a spin because so, so good in that role. Yeah. And this is coming from a huge Rachel McAdams stand. I mean, yeah. I, Rachel McAdams is one of the queens on earth. But with that being said, I think Renee Rapp really made that character her own. And like I said, I didn't get to see her do it on the stage, but apparently that was something that she crafted on Broadway. And then she brought it to the to the film production here. And I think that's super admirable. And I just, had it not been for her in this movie and her portrayal of that iconic character, you know, a long time ago, Nick, you remember when me and Andy used to do the show and yep. we did our, we did our top five movie villains and this was probably five years ago, if not more, I named Regina George, which at the time was just Rachel McAdams, as one of my top five movie villains. Um, I mean, so alluring, and one of those characters in film that Renee Rapp is also captured now, but one of those characters that you love to hate, you know, like, just like a lot of the kids at the school in these movies where they worship her, but they're afraid of her, they want to be friends with her, but they hate her at the same time. Uh, and both rap and McAdams, in my opinion, just did such a phenomenal job at making the audience feel the same way. Like you thought like, that's the coolest woman on earth right there, but I also hate her. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, it was just a real, it's just a really, uh, layered character in that way. It's funny. It's sexy. It's, it's kind of hard to describe, but I love that character, Virginia George. And I think Renee Rapp nailed it here as well. I think but, it's good I mean, that t- you can also bring that sympathy to that character, too, when the story turns against right. her, obviously. I think it's nice that, you know, I think she really, really captures and and is able to, even in spite of how horrible she is, you know, you're able to kind of empathize mm-hmm. with her and you're able to feel that sympathy when she's the one that's getting, you know, victimized or, you know, is being bullied and things like that. I, I, I really, I really love that about that too. And again, that's a vulnerability that Renee Rapp brings to that performance as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of, I think in terms of like things that really shined about the movie uh, had to absolutely be uh, up there at the top, but can we, can we, can we shift from that? And can we talk about uh, the, the winner of the Amy Adams lookalike contest, angry rice, as, as yeah. Katie Heron, because the whole yeah. time she was on screen, I could not get over how much like Amy Adams she looked like a young Amy Adams for sure. Yeah. If there's not like some kind of like mother daughter, something or other with Amy Adams and Angry Rice already in the world, like, I don't know what you're doing, Hollywood, 
Yeah. But it's like all it's like a the, solid gold gold mine. Or like a a, a, a a film where you have a a, a woman who's a couple of different ages throughout the film. There you go. Yeah. And and you have Angry Rice playing the younger yeah. version and then Amy Adams playing the older version or something like that. Like It's funny you mention that though, because I love Jenna Fisher in the role as her mom. I bought that. Uh I love Busy Phil is it Busy or Bijou? I don't know. Busy, Busy Phillips, Phillips yeah. as the mom of Renee Rapp. That was freaking perfect casting, kind of like what you're talking about, had it been Amy Adams. But they wrote the dad out of this, right? It's just Jenna Fisher as a single mom. I mean, I mean, you're asking me to remember details about a movie I yeah, saw. Yeah, Katie, uh, Katie's dad is. They don't even really mention yeah. him. I don't like think. Like I said, I'm, I'm not the I'm not the vault of Mean Girls knowledge to come to with uh, all your fact checking of the original no, the musical. I don't know. Uh, let's talk about some things we disliked about the movie. For me, from at least from a performance, kind of taking me out of it aspect, it was. Hang on. Uh, Christopher Briney, who played Aaron Samuels, kind of reminded me of like a young Jack Nicholson or Christian Slater. I just didn't see him as this dreamboat guy. And I also didn't really, I can't, was he even involved in any of the musical numbers in this movie? Or was he just an actor? I don't think he sang or anything, did he? No, I don't, I don't. I can't remember. I don't think he did, though. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. He just kind of seemed out of place to me. He didn't fit with this group. Uh, he would be my least favorite from like the cast perspective here. I thought all the girls were awesome. Like I love the two friends. I mean, Gretchen Wiener. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little biased uh, to the old school Gretchen Wiener, but I mean, generally speaking, I thought the clique, the the main group of girls, and I thought Katie Heron. I mean, going in Lindsay Lohan's shadow here. I mean. That's not easy. I think all the plastics were great. I um, yeah. you had uh, Avantika's Karen, fantastic. I mean, again, that brings so that good. same kind of you know aloof, mm-hmm. like just really like dumber than a box of rocks sort of sensibility to mm-hmm. e- to everything that was that Amanda Seyfried's character Amanda in the Sifford, original yeah. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. then yeah, you had Gretchen Wiener, who that was Lacey Chabert in the original one. That's right. Uh, I, I I liked BB Wood in that role. I really I really liked BB Wood in that role. And yeah, Angry Rice I think I think did a really uh, a really good job as Katie Heron as well. I really liked um, Aluhi Krablaho. I'm probably oh, pronouncing yeah. that wrong, um, but as as Janice, uh, really really loved that performance. Probably she was one really of my favorite good, yeah. performances in in the entire film. Uh, I really loved just kind of. And, and I mean, this could be stuff that is straight out of the old one or not. I'm not sure. But like, I really love the interplay between Janice and Damien. And I really loved like all the lighter moments and all the all the comedic elements that they brought into it whenever it would whenever it would, you know, flip back over to them. Like they got him in the audience there. And like when they're when they're at the assembly or whatever, and he pops the fan up. <laughs> yep, and, yeah. And everything like there's so many just just so many just really nice, funny really really enjoyable moments i don't i don't necessarily i mean aaron was fine but i mean this is mean girls like it's not about it's not about the dudes it's not about any of the dudes it's just weird he just kind of took me out of it i'm like you guys are attracted to this dude like i don't you know i'm a middle-aged dude i can't i can't comment on this high school kid and be like oh man i I see why the girls are into him Mm." i guess i guess but i mean you know uh if it had been in saltburn it'd been jacob alordi it would have made sense help me You just can't let it go, can you? I can't. Uh, I took a bath right before this. Sorry, it's fresh. God. In my mind. 
what about uh, Norberry and Tim Meadows kind of ending up together? Because that's not from the original movie, but the principal and Tina Fey, Tim Meadows and Tina Fey, are, I guess, a married couple. Did you like that kind of ad addition? I I mean, again, I've, I, I've seen the original once. So I yeah, but I mean, didn't that kind of like whoa, anything that they changed about the movie? I was just kind of like like that was a complete non non issue to me, like a non a non thing to me. I just it just went it went right past. You know, it was a funny it was a funny little moment, like you know when they're sitting there having that little heated exchange, and then you know they have to be like, "I'll see you home later. I love you." Like right, right. It was just it was just a funny exchange. It was a it was an interesting addition. I, thought. I couldn't uh, I couldn't read I anything else into it, it besides that because I like I said I you can't you can't come to me with any of this. Ooh, how do you feel about how they changed this thing? I I don't I don't it, I'm indifferent toward anything like that. I didn't dislike it. It was just uh, I didn't expect. That's it. the thing I'm more curious about. Like speaking of that kind of thing, though, like of the of the different things from the original film to this. Like what are you what are you vibing with the most? What are you not vibing with the most? I mean, I vibed with it a lot, honestly. I mean, I just have this weird connection issue with musicals. Like it's just hard for me to like believe what's happening if it's happening through song in a musical. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even like express what I mean even. But like this is a perfect example where if you have the Mean Girls film from 07 on the left and you have this movie on the right. It's like I like both of them on the surface. Like if I'm just watching them and enjoying them, then I I like them both. Everything's fine. But when I'm supposed to like be invested in certain moments or certain conversations that are happening, if they're happening through this elaborate like production number, then it's hard for me to take away the emotion or connectivity I'm supposed to have to that scene. So it's not the movie's fault. Like, you know, there's billions of people in the world that love movie musicals and that's great. And I can see why they do, but it's just a thing for me where it's harder for me. It has to work a little bit harder to kind of win me over if it's a musical. Uh, Whereas, you know, this movie came out and it was one of my favorite teen comedies ever. And it's essentially the same story. So that should kind of tell you what I mean there. I think there was some, uh, interesting choices made with like some of the side characters that were a little more prominent in the first film that weren't as prominent here. Like I thought Janice and Damien were pretty prominent in this movie, but they were also kind of playing the narrator role kind of like they would kind of show up and kind of tell you what's happening and not from a musical perspective, although they did have some musical numbers, which I thought were hilarious, but I don't know. That was just kind of weird to me because they're basically main characters in the original film. When they kind of set up the conceit right at the beginning of the movie, they have that like scene right at the very beginning where they're recording on the phone and they're like, this is a cautionary tale or whatever. Like what I really thought was going to happen. And I'm kind of almost disappointed. We didn't get this movie was I thought they were going to do like, it was going to be a a more meta kind of thing. Like they were going to do a retelling of, the story of mean girls and not not it just be like mean girls again but like you know that they were going to be doing like mm-hmm. an in-universe like right retelling of the story of mean girls or or something like that like I, right, that's I kind it. of almost what that opening musical number really set up for me and that's not what came to pass obviously but like i really was 
that was a that was a that was a good little nugget i thought i i really i really liked or hoped that they were going to kind of carry that thing through and then they didn't john ham as coach Carr, <laughs> hilarious it was just you know it, i he he just showed up in there and i was just like okay john, good good to see john ham still getting work i love how he's like this is not going to be awkward at all i promise when he's doing the sex ed course um I thought he was a, a pretty funny addition, a little cameo there. Uh, speaking of cameos, we get a cameo from Lindsay Lohan in the last act of the movie. She's the judge at the uh, Mathletes competition. And they use a lot of the same dialogue from the original movie. They're, you know, they're, the limit does not exist, and they ask a lot of the same questions. Um, I can't remember the young uh, Indian guy's name that's like the super smart math guy that's also like a hip-hop artist or whatever but they kind of verbatim recreated his character in this movie too and I thought he I thought he was really funny he was still charming and yeah it was Kevin kind of yeah I, I love Kevin, Kevin that's right yeah 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 I didn't and, and and I think this is going back to the kind of what I was saying earlier you know I I, I don't think this does the original a disservice and I think that's why right. it's it's good to stand alongside it 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 does update things like I said it, it kind of makes it more accessible to a modern like social media centric kind of teenage audience versus the teenage audience from nearly 20 years ago who obviously just at the very beginnings of social media back then and cell phones and all that stuff. Like it's become such a prominent part of our lives. And I really, really did like that this movie explored that more and that that was a, a much more prominent role. Like, I mean, in terms of like, you know, making, uh, making Regina George, like bringing back the wet look and making her look sexy and like all that stuff. Like it's all, it's all viral videos. It's all recording, recording things on phones and like all that stuff. I really like that. I think it stands alongside of the original really, really nicely. I mean, it's, it, it, it might be a gateway to, you know, maybe somebody hadn't heard of it, but maybe they know some of these younger stars who had been in stuff. Speaking of which, did you know, and, and I didn't realize this until I was reading about the cast earlier either. Uh, that's the, that's the girl from night, the nice guys. That's the, that's, uh, Ryan Gosling's daughter, uh, angry rice was in the nice guys. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't realize that. that until I didn't realize that until I was reading about it earlier either, but I was, uh, we'll go back and watch clips now. Oh, then it just wow. made me, then it just made me want the nice guys too, but you know this is just a side note too but we were watching the movie i took my son my 10 year old to see it with me and i guess there are like actual tiktok and like youtube stars in the movie too which i think is cool but they like incorporated them into the movie where they're the ones kind of making this stuff go viral there's a i don't remember the name and he's gonna hate me for not knowing the name as we're recording but there's a set of twins that are like these viral tiktok youtubers and uh, it's two girl twins, and he watches a lot of their videos, and they do all this kind of like you know pop. Oh, culture so like stuff. the things when they're when they're discussing, they're discussing the different events and whatever. Like, yeah, they're having like the people that do like reaction stuff and right and like right. reacting to different stuff. They have like millions of followers and whatever. Right, and, right, right, right. And they're actually in it, so that's like cool. I said, that's a really smart play. It's a really smart thing from Tina Fey and from the directors here, Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez Jr. It's mm -hmm. a really, really smart play to not because it's it would have been very, very easy to just make Mean Girls the musical. Okay, well, not easy, but they didn't have to necessarily update it to today either. But they did, and they did it successfully. Like I said, I I don't think that this I don't think that this 
diminishes the original in any way and, and and i don't think it did a disservice to the original in any way where like sometimes you see things that are some kind of adaptation of something that came before although i I'm, I'm willing to have the semantical argument that this isn't a remake of the original film but that's a, a different argument probably yeah that's i don't really know how you could even have that argument because i don't really know what this is like that's why i said there's 17 it's of these adaptation that it's an adaptation of a remake at least that's how that's how i feel about it the stage musical would the stage musical be a remake of the movie i would say yes a music it'd be a musical remake i don't think this is a re- this is not a remake of the original film it's an adaptation but it's a remake of the musical, of the musical. it's an adaptation of the musical no, it's a remake of the musical, right? And then the musical was a remake of the movie. So I think once you square it, like the math, you get the calculus in there, it cancels out. Like this part of the equation cancels out this part of the equation. I don't, th- this is not a remake of the original film. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say that. I'm, I'm, I, I do not believe that it's a remake of the original film. I think that's fair, actually. I think it's I, removed I enough really... from it down the line. I never really thought of this as a remake of the original film, so I I, I would tend to agree with you there. I yeah. think this is well, a musical well, I mean, like version I said, I, of the I, film. It, it, I don't really have anything else to say about it. One hundred percent. Well, it's, I don't know. It, I think it's good. I th- I, th- I think it's really really enjoyable, and I think I think it stands alongside alongside the original. No, uh, it remake. doesn't. It's far behind the original, but it is enjoyable. And Renee Rapp, wow. save me. Put me in your burn book. Anything you need, I'm there for you. Renee Rapp is fucking the queen rising. Uh, please get to know her, guys, because up there with Rachel Sennett for me, she's one of the young actresses that I'm following very closely, and I love to see her slay this role of Regina George, and I can't wait to see what she does. She was just on SNL this week. I don't know if you saw Nick. Rachel McAdams came out and introduced her as the musical guest on SNL, which I thought was awesome. Oh, so you had... That. Both Regina George's there um, in New York this weekend on SNL, so that was awesome. I didn't see it live, but I saw clips of it today, and I was like, had chills. It was so cool. But yeah, I think it's an enjoyable experience. I mean, kind of like what Nick and I said. I mean, if you like musicals, you're going to dig it. If you like musicals and you liked Mean Girls, you're probably going to really dig it. So uh, if that sounds like your cup of tea, give it a go. It was a 6 out of 10 for me and a 7 out of 10 from Nick on Mean Girls, which puts us at a 6.5 from the P's. And I think it's a, it's a recommend from the P's on Mean Girls, the musical. The the non-remake uh, musical version, iteration, adaptation. The thing about it, too, <laughs> is like all the, like the core stuff about Mean Girls, like lifting each other up, not tearing each other down. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely a very female empowerment-centric uh, type of film. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also universal stuff in there that everybody should pluck out of that, too. Like, you know, don't put each other down, build each other up, you know, mm-hmm. stop hating people and 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 love people. And then, like, I really, really loved, like, the final the final line of the movie. Like, you know, like, even if it's somebody that you don't like or don't get along with or whatever, get off their dick. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Even if you don't get along with somebody, you don't you don't have to just hate them exactly. just for the sake of hating them, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I, and I really really love. I, I I mean that's why Mean Girls is as good as it is. That's why, and and like I said, that's why I think that this stands alongside of that because I mean it's Tina Fey taking her own work and doing a new version of it for this film and maintaining 
all of that core that makes Mean Girls what it is. I think in a different writer's hands, this probably would have become something much, much different mm-hmm. and probably much, much worse. Yeah. But I, I really I really think that, that that's really, really great. To be, just, yeah. be good, just be good to people. Don't yeah. just be good to people. Get them out and of your burn ge- book. Throw your burn books away, people. The general message is great. You're right. And this yeah. is a universal story too. just the high school kind of like there's clicks in high school. And I mean, that can be told a thousand years from now. Like that's always going to be a thing that's going to be easy to spawn a message off of. But I really do like the message of Mean Girls, which is what you touched on. There's also a a great line right before that about, you know, when they say get off their or stay off their dicks or whatever about, you know, just, you know, calling someone else stupid doesn't make you smarter. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that kind of generic message, like bringing somebody else down by insults or bullying or whatever, doesn't make you a better person. Like you're still, in fact, it makes you a worse person, you know, which I think, especially in a modern sensibility with how much, how much people love to be keyboard warriors and things like that. They like to hide behind the shield of the screen, whether it be their phone or their computer screen, uh, you know, hiding behind that and and attacking somebody for having a disagreement with them you know Mm -hmm. i mean we're at a point in in history where you know people are incredibly politically divided and 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 things like that and people hate each other over like literally literally the the most minute stupid silly things and 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 want to just go at people for literally everything and you know like I, i i really I, I really think that 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 people, if they if they modeled their lives after after things like that, where they don't just don't just don't put people down, like build people up, yep. you know, and, and like don't treat other people like you're better than them. I, I really think that that's one of the most enduring things about this film. One of the most enduring kind of legacies of it is is not treating people like you're better than they are like you're not like we're all we're all on this ride on spaceship earth together like you know let's 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 make it the best possible ride that we possibly can for 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 everybody involved well said brother uh that was our discussion on mean girls 2024 and i hope you enjoyed it now we have a review next week but we don't know what it is going to be yet so what we're going to do is something that we do at least once a month or so. We spin the roulette wheel. Now, if you want to get involved, look below in the show notes, or if you're on YouTube, it's in the description below, to join our Patreon for as little as $1 a month. We have our patrons throw movies into the bucket, into the hat, and if it lands on the patrons when we spin the wheel, we will draw a movie or a patron's name out of the hat, and we will watch their movie, review it, full-blown review next week, in the retro roulette review, or it could also land on myself, or it could land on Nick, which the wheel tends to be prone to Nick. Give I don't it, know, I don't know me, what baby. the hell give is going me. on over there. I want it. Uh, last time it landed on him, we had to watch Marty Scorsese silence, and I'm still depressed uh, <laughs> after that viewing, and that was like six months ago. So here we go. Let's give the wheel a spin. Three, two, one. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Hey. Ooh, patrons! Yeah. Oh my goodness! All right, look at that. Anything but angels with the dirty faces. Let's go. 
All right, so I have reset the roulette wheel to reflect all of the patron-selected films that have been put into the hat for us, Nick. Come on, best so friends. We're going to give it a spin. There's all kinds of shit on this wheel. I will shout out the patron that picked whatever movie we ended up landing on, and we will watch it this week and review it next week in one of our retro roulette reviews before we pick back up with current releases. And I think the following week we're going to do Argyle. I believe with Henry Can't Cavill. Wait. Can't wait. And Dua Lipa. So we'll check that out. All right. So let's give this wheel a spin, Nick. Let's see what movie we're going to be talking about next week. Here we go. Ready? Three, two, one, spin. Come on, best friends. Not postocalypse. So Brad, I hate you. What are we going to get here? All right. So we landed on a movie called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. That is a horror movie, Nick. I've oh. actually seen that movie. And from recollection, I really enjoyed it. So I'm excited. That's from Brett over at Dissect That Film, patron of the show, obviously. Brett, Brett, thanks a lot, brother. Uh, Man, Autopsy of Jane Doe. The gods are shining on me that it didn't land on one of basically Brad's picks. (laughs) I would have had had to sign up for a Tubi (laughs) subscription to watch Postocalypse. Yeah, Postocalypse remains in the hat. See, now... You talk about these horror movies like the see horror movies are to me as musicals are to you. I can't get into horror movies where it's like this, all this weird, ridiculous, like murdery horror, creepy, weird, silly nonsense. I I can't. It's got to work. Horror movies got to work harder to win me over like musicals got to work for you. I got to be honest with you. I think you'll like this one because it's not your run-of-the-mill horror. Uh, by the way, it's streaming on Hulu, just so you know, Nick. It's on Hulu. It's on Shudder. Uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe from 2016, directed by Andre Orvidal. So you probably recognize oh, that name. Oh, he just did the, um, the Nosferatu right. one that we That's watched right. last year, right? Yeah, yeah, Demeter, yeah. Okay. yeah. Last Voyage yeah. of the Demeter. Last Voyage of Demeter, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it stars Emile Hirsch, Brian Cox, who's been getting a lot of recognitions for Succession lately. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since it came out, so it's been almost seven years since I saw it, but I recollection I enjoyed it. But uh, I'll, I'm very happy to revisit it. And that will be the review next week, Nick, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Nick gets to talk about horror movies, so you know he's excited. Thank you, Brett, for the suggestion there. And I get to go, I get to, go to the theater this week, Gerald, and watch Poor Things. Excited for that fucking finally jesus yeah excited for that that's hopefully i wanted to maybe i wanted to maybe get it in uh today but there was no way i was gonna be able to do the double feature today do you want to do a review on patreon for it maybe for the we'll kids. do a double feature poor things and postocalypse for for patreon <laughs> so look forward to some more patron reviews though in all seriousness now that the new year is here we got a hopefully a little more time on our hands and uh we'll maybe try to throw up poor things if nick gets a chance to see it over on Patreon, but no matter what, the main review next week will be 2016's The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Nick, that's it, man. Mean Girls is in the bag here, and uh, you're still fetch, and yes, I'm still trying to make that happen. Uh, Since 2007, it still hasn't happened, but I'm still trying. Uh, Nick, thanks for everything, man. I'll see you next week. We'll talk about the horror movie. I still just can't get over that picture of you that looks like you're the leader of some kind of weird sex cult. Like, it's just, it's so, it's terrifying. Nick, it's a cry for it. If you want to join the cult, brother, (laughs) let me just, let me.
me just end the call, okay? And I'll get you the information, all right? Well, you get me the, I can't okay, talk yeah. about it. I you gotta can't hit talk the, about you it gotta publicly. Hit the stop, they're hearing all this, Gerald. They're hearing, you gotta hit the stop recording button first. All right. You saw Under the Silver Lake. You know what's happening. All we right. love you, everybody. Thank you so, so much. Be be kind, uh, be kind to each other out there. Yes. Uh, and hey, uh, calling someone stupid doesn't make you smarter. That's right. Don't be a mean girl. We'll see you next week. All right, Nick. I'll talk to you then, man. Fetch. <laughs>